She counted down. I still think I, I didn't do it right. I, st- I said three, and usually I don't say three. And then I panicked. No, I liked it. That was great. I don't know what I do anymore. Episode it's like one of those things. 527. 527 mm-hmm. from heaven. We uh, are putting the video version on mm-hmm. patreon.com slash brain candy if you're so inclined. You can see, see the very messy side of my office. Does everybody, anybody have one side of the room that's messy? Yeah. There's like a designated mm-hmm. Dumping shit ground. to do stuff with area. Yeah. I have that. Yeah. But at least it's now. Oh, good. I just hit my mic. I got excited. Also, I got new nails. So Let me see. I, now I don't know. Oh, oh, okay. Well, first, like, look like. Mm-hmm. Pretty. Yeah. But then also look <gasps> oh. at my butterfly. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. It, On one of her hands, she has really pretty. Yeah. That is so nice. What do you call it? A decal? Yeah, it was like a sticker. I just put I some. Love it. I put some polish over it. Yeah, so so cute. And this is so like a week. This is like a weekend, like to to them being on. And they this is like the longest they've lasted. And they guess what? Fantastic. They are press ons. Yep, that I decorated myself. And then, like, I decorated them like on little stands, and then I put them on my nails. Oh. Which well, is the way smart. to go. And then I got a nail glue that is a UV, like like gel nail glue that's like not just like the super glue style one. And they've stayed on for freaking ever. That's the best thing in the whole world. I don't know why. Whoever invented this, genius, genius. So they stay on like the same as a regular old manicure. Yeah. It's been more than but a week. for a fraction of the price. Fraction. <laughs> costing my time and energy and i hope this is inspiring you guys to be like well i've got to see this i'm going on patreon yeah i didn't even post a picture of it yet so yeah this is like oh secret exclusive 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 content is for you okay i am officially one of those boring women who talk about their hair nails i used to overhear women talking about hair on dates like talking about their own hair and i would just be like Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Kill me now. Like, I would hate to be that dude. I feel so bad for him. And now you guys all had to listen to me talking about butterfly decals on my nails. I liked it. Good. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I like you. Uh... Well, then we'll go from that to talking about this article I read in The Atlantic about something that actually has a name. I'm going to see what, how you say it. Cuvade syndrome, maybe? Cuvade. And basically it is when your partner is pregnant and the male partner mm-hmm. has the same symptoms oh, as yeah. the pregnant woman. What do they call that? There's a, there's like a, a Cuvade a, a, syndrome. Well, uh, <laughs> what, what is anyway. like the the? 
hysterical pregnancy? Wow. Yeah. I think that you made that up. No. No. It is hysterical. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But, but I'm say, supposed the, to be say, Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Okay. Well, I mean, I've heard this idea where the husband or the partner will sort of Sympathy develop, pains. Yeah. Sympathy. That's it. Yeah. Where did I come up with hysterical pregnancy? <laughs> That's funnier though. Hysterical pregnancy, which is redundant, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> an oxymoron for <laughs> yeah. that. But I mean, this is implying or actually stating that they experience a variety of ailments, including stomach problems, appetite issues, various aches, and even like weight gain, you know, and actually yeah. developing like a body of a pregnant person. Yeah, for what sure. Do you, what do you think about it? I a hundred million percent think that this is, oh, I think in the future we're going to see how this is a, a form of empathy. Like, okay, this is what I wanted to know if you thought it was empathetic or just like she's getting attention and I don't like it. No, I think it has to do. I think it's a bio. I think it's a biological thing. I think it has to do with them caring so much for the offspring that and like a biological need to like have invested interest in the child. And when you care so much about the health and well-being of something, it increases levels of stress, and those are symptoms of stress. Okay. I think it's one of those correlation is not causation things, and we, like, it's 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 not her being pregnant. It's him, like, really caring about the offspring. I mean, she happens to be pregnant in this whole thing. I don't know. I'm doing a bad job explaining it, but well, it's like... The- I get what you're saying, and I think that's probably likely. But I do kind of feel like sometimes it might be the guy being like subconsciously envious. One, that he's not you the think focus. he's one upping? Like he's sub, he's he's subconsciously one upping yeah. her? Yeah, some of them, some of them, maybe I, it's possible. Well, here's here's why I thought I think it's the empathy thing because. Okay. I sometimes when I'm I, – I, I saw this when I was in grad school when I would even just watch people doing sessions. I would feel physiologically, like feel the symptoms of – Yeah, you. Right. Because you and are I an think empathetic that's, person. Yeah, and I think that that's a form of what's happening here. And then you feel it enough that you actually start developing those symptoms. Yeah. You can like like people can tell their tell their body like anything. Yeah, you no know? doubt about it. The mind and body are so connected for sure. I just feel a little more cynical because men tend to be like, you know. Okay, assholes. here's what here's what we would need to know. I yes. would like to see another test done on the values of yeah. these men, like yeah. a simple moral and value assessment Mm -hmm. and then if we can see like what the values are i think you can make some assumptions about people's 
values. Was saying that fatherhood does change the chemical makeup of the brain of men. Yep. And so usually that doesn't happen until the baby's born. They're actually, they meet their child and whatever. But maybe for these guys, they got to jump start on that. And then the hormones can change your weight. They can change your appetite. They can change your mood. And just, and and I think you have to add, not you, I think we as, as all of science has to add the asterisk of it doesn't change your brain in a way that we can measure at this current moment in time. Yeah. Because I think maybe it does change different. Like, what are we, what are we looking at? What are we measuring? And sometimes we're just not measuring. I mean, we're still freaking discovering parts of the body, right? They're like, oh, by the way, you have this thing in your ear that we didn't know existed before. <laughs> Surprise, <laughs> a new body part discovered. Yeah. So we don't know shit. They were saying that what we should start doing is like when a woman goes to the doctor, it, they always say, have you ever been pregnant? How many times? Things like this. They don't ask men if they've become fathers and that oh. could be informing some of their medical issues yes. if, if it is changing their hormones and, and stuff. And wouldn't that be a good thing to just do because yes. that has an effect? Yes. It speaks to an importance of- Value. Yes. Oh, yeah. love this. Yes, yeah, so Susie. at first I'm reading it and I'm like, what is this? What are these guys? And then like the more I read, I'm like, okay, they're onto something here. Isn't, I love that. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because I was inclined to be like, these D-bags, yeah, well, you, know, you know, that's where we... Trying to steal, <laughs> steal the limelight. Yeah. Um, I still, I mean, I still think that that's what they're doing with those... Well, no, there, it's just, I, I think it really comes down to like, a, I got to show, I was going to say um, where my mind went, all of th- those seconds I went, disappeared for a while there, <laughs> um, uh, to like in the movies where they always have those little cigar parties, like, oh, like, look, it's a, like, that is kind of yeah. like stealing the thunder thing. But then well, I thought maybe it's all just a dick measuring contest and the fact that they're smoking cigars, which in and of itself is like phallic, Freud phallic, field yeah. day with that. Come on, guys. Well, they were saying, though, that, Put it in that men used to not even be allowed in the delivery room it's, and stuff. That is right. That's crazy. It I is mean, crazy. And that, you know, these guys can sometimes feel like they have no place in this p- family or the the important job is now just the woman. So mm-hmm. some of them react with these physical transformations. Okay. Also, I would like to know if (laughs) these symptoms are higher and are more um, uh, uh, profound or, you know, recognizable in countries that has paid paternal leave. That's how you study that. Mm -hmm. Put Sarah on the case. (laughs) Look, you know what? I want to give a shout out (laughs) to Dr. Lull, who taught me how to Really read a peer review article in my research methods class. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you, doctor. Thank you, Dr. Law. And thank you to the people at Noom who help us deal with yes. all kinds of things about our bodies that we might want to be working on. Definitely Sarah. doctors and science work in there. Heck yeah. Noom is a great service because if you have goals, let's say you want to lose weight or you want more energy or you want more discipline in your life, they will apply scientific uh, studies and and information 
Imagine that. To ins- keep you on track, keep yes. you inspired. Yes. And informed about how to best do that. And it's easy. Like, it's, it's, it's very, easy. Uh, like, easily digestible. Yeah, it's not intimidating. They have a cognitive behavioral approach, but they do it in a way that just feels like, okay, this is informative and can help you stay accountable and reach those goals, whatever they may be. Start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash brain candy. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash brain candy. That's great for anyone. We all have goals. You need a little help. It's fine. Okay. Goals are great. I have the goal of hanging two shelves and I don't want to do them. I have anxiety about it because you have so much anxiety about the shelves. I know because two of them, I already, I I, I said, I already nailed it. Like, and I meant to like, feel like I did a good job. Is that funny? Our brains do that. I love it. But I actually did like, okay, pun intended, but not really. Um, but I, I got them up. But now I have to do the same two mirrored on the other side, and I just am so nervous about, like, it's like the measure twice, cut, what, measure Once. three times. It yeah. should be measure 47 times. You and my mom's just like, what? it doesn't matter. Though. Just throw them up. Just... That's oh, how I am. Gosh, what if I... Probably Don't fall I have, for that. I, what? What? Like anxiety that approach. No, the approach of me and your mom where it's like, it's fine. I and then know. your shelf is like wonky forevermore. Right. <laughs> it's not worth it. I am the worst about stuff like that. I am not (laughs) detail-oriented. Yes, I did, however, decide I'm finally going to hire somebody to paint the house so we don't have to worry about any more spilled cans in the future. Good move. I have a feeling, unless you can't afford it, um, once you're over 30, you pay people to move you and you pay people to paint for you. Yes. 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 If you can afford it. Yes. Because it ain't worth it. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Isabel, shout out to Brainiac Isabel, sent yes. us an article because yes. she, I think she felt like we hadn't have, had enough poop stories lately. And frankly, I have to agree. Right. You know, it has been kind of quiet on the old poo front. It's been constipated. Oh my God. We've been, <laughs> we've been a little backed up. That's funny. Well, this is about uh, Pablo Escobar's Coke, they call Coke hippos, but... They're really not. I don't know why. They just say that because he bought them with cocaine money. Oh, I see. This is kind of like the zebras that live at Hearst Castle. Yes. Okay. And it's like guys. exploring like the what happens when these people buy animals that then like really shouldn't be in private residences and stuff like that. So he bought these hippos and they they are, have they have no natural predators wherever they are and do so, hippos like, they, have any natural predators period yes, but i don't know what they are like they are alligators the, just crocodiles yeah probably alligators probably. yeah something that can like sneak up on them in the water i'm going crocodile okay depending on where they are because i think crocodiles were in australia but then alligators are in florida so it must be just like I never remember I, something with the, where their eyeballs are. One's on the side, one's on the top. But like, I remember. if I'm getting that close, the, I got bigger problems than identifying it. Running a zigzag mo, mo, uh, 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 formation. Yes. Do that. That's the only chance That's you it. have. That's it. Well, apparently, that must be what eats hippos normally. But yeah. these guys will not quit pooping and banging each other. 
Wow. And so they're, they have a problem now where they have way too many hippos. And apparently you think, okay, well, maybe you should like sterilize them so they can't have more babies. But the testes of hippos are hard to get to because they're internal. And so they can't just castrate them. That number one. Uh Huh. I was thinking about a lot of other, that makes me think there's a lot of animals that have internal testes, I think. Yeah, but usually they wouldn't need to be castrated. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking I like I don't I don't think I've ever seen balls on an elephant, which is like a weird thing to think in that moment, what but I think there's like a seen? whole bunch of animals that have internal that have uh and that makes sense. Holy crap, there are way too many horned animals running through Africa for those things horned. to be dangling out there like uh just, uh, just, just asking to get for problems. Oh. <laughs> Accident waiting to happen. Accident AWH. If I ever heard of one, Woo. what bows have we seen though on animals? Which do you remember? Oh my gosh! What an awesome moment to uh, post an old photo of when you and I went to the fair together, and I saw this. I don't remember if you saw this, but the pig mm-hmm. with the biggest nuts I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't think I did, unless oh, I blocked. And it I ain't talking peanuts, people. Just giant balls. Giant. He's 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 producing piglets. <laughs> I've seen dog ones and cat ones, I think. Oh my God, that's and, such a weird question to ask. <laughs> well, because you doesn't said, it feel like weird to think about? Like I'm like, why am I thinking? Like it feels like, but what balls? We're, we're we doing seen? this for science, people. Can you see horse balls? Because I've seen their wieners. I don't know. You know, hung like a horse. They, that's not That's not I don't, why. I don't think so. Well, if those those stay in, kind of inside and then... Maybe they're hiding behind those giant wings. Wow. <laughs> it's hard to know. It would make okay. sense, yeah. I'm going to go any animal that lives near horned animals probably has internal ones. That's just my guess. That's just good sense. Just, just good sense. This is, I know nothing about this. Part of the problem, let's though, with these to, hippos... Let's get back to poo. <laughs> Part of the problem, though, is that... Well, yeah, the poo from the hippos is destroying um, the coral and natural <gasps> uh, biosphere within the yeah. water. So that's a problem. But none of the locals want to do anything about it because this is now their industry. They sell, like, hippo memorabilia and stuff and hippo tours. Oh, this I don't like this. Okay, see what we need to do is like get rid of the hippos, but you can't leave the vacuum. You got to replace it with something else. So what, like a petting zoo? No. Well, clear, clearly, people I think are more in it. For, like, where is this? I think it was Mexico. So I think people are going for the drug cartel tour, right? <laughs> so you still got to give them. I think tour. with like. That's the novelty factor, right? I think they're Probably. not here. It's like yeah. So you're like they're not the, into hippos, right? They didn't they're come there Pablo for the hippos. Escobar. Yeah, and it's like the novelty kind of thing. So maybe give them something that's more like a museum of that, right? Yeah. Look at like this show. Show scientist. <laughs> Freaking to I did guide. take one class in international hospitality. There you go. Paid off. 
Who, which doctor are you going to thank for that? I That was what I was getting my, oh my God, this is so funny. <laughs> I went to junior college or a community college and I got a uh, associate's degree in humanities, but they spelled it wrong on my diploma. And they it didn't. says, I have a degree in humanites. <laughs> You're lying. I, I a, which is hilarious because then I became a therapist. And don't you think now, oh my gosh, this is like just kind of me having like a, a funny moment in my head. But you know my our our uh, our sweatshirt, it's hard being a person and it's a little yeah. robot. If there were ever a thing that was called a humanite, that would be it. So I do. I have an associate's degree in that in that cute little drawing. Sarah, that is terrible. Also hilarious. Also, I, I can't w- believe you never I told me that. I still kept it. And I'm de- I should yeah. definitely frame it because it to me it's hilarious to put that under a master's degree and then <laughs> a misspelled associate degree from a community college. You should have told them though. No, it's so do you funny. Think that's on everybody's. It's not like some ladies typing out. I don't out know just that yours. many people who who. I feel like maybe I was like the like, there are like yeah. two people who got a humanities degree. <laughs> wow. They're like, what even is that? I don't know. That How do you even spell good. it? I don't know. And I'm she really likes people, so she colleges. probably won't care that we spelled it wrong. Damn. I <laughs> I'm really going to find it. Love- I have it in a box, like, right in the other room. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to be taking pictures of that. God. I should write myself a note. Find humanites degree. You should, <laughs> you should also write yourself a note that the child in your life would absolutely love to get a KiwiCo box. Yes. And you could play with that together. Yes. KiwiCo is such a great service, um, whether you have a child in your life or you're a child at heart. Or a humanite. Or a humanite child. Um, because you get sent a box each month that has a task, a craft, um, a fun project that you could do with your child or, or your child could do on their own if you want to keep them occupied. And they're just really fun projects and they inspire creativity. They teach you a lot about science and physics and art and it's just a really nice thing to do and it's a great gift. So, you know, if you're having trouble, like maybe you're not a kid person and you have a kid you got to buy a gift for, this would be a great one. With KiwiCo, there's something for every kid or kid at heart every month. You get your first month free on select crates at KiwiCo.com slash brain candy. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash brain candy. Um, just really fun projects. Great for summer. Keep them occupied too. Yes. Laughing and learning. Laughing and learning just like brain candy. Yep. Okay. Next up, let's see. Um, Okay. This was a fun little article in New York Times, and the title was How to Feel Small. And they're referring to that thing that happens where um, you realize the vastness of the universe, and then your problems don't feel like that big of a deal because you realize, like, you're a part of a bigger thing. And it was like a, you know, tips on how to okay. inspire that feeling. Do you know okay. that feeling? Like a humble, like humbled feeling. Yeah. And it, I said Not, the perspective. Oh, it's okay. Because my mind instantly went to the place of like, oh my God, you're there's like, so much this. out there. Like it's never ending. Oh. We're so small. That's a different feeling. I That is a... Nature does that to me. You know what? Uh, the good feeling, not the bad one. Yes. The 
like being around really big trees, the sequoias, yes. that absolutely humble thyself kind of feeling of like, you're very like, oh, I don't this know. Was the, yeah. This was the it's description. Beautiful. It was saying research suggests that being awed... A-W-E-D, yes. can trigger a sense of smallness, which in turn can lead to greater generosity, a willingness to help others, and generally more pro-social behavior, right? Because you have a sense this of like... This is all... Gr- I mean, this is like we yeah. know this, but it's so good to hear. Yeah. Uh, yes! It's a good reminder. And it says, the diminishment you're looking for does not manifest as self-loathing or shame. Um, it's... Uh, 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 in that kind of self-focused, self-critical mindset, you're occupying the very center stage of your psychological world. So this is to decenter and recontextualize yourself. I love this. Yeah. And what I love is, is we can all connect to that. Well, not maybe all of us, but maybe somewhere you felt that feeling of being odd, like even like a big tree or like Yosemite. If anybody's been to yeah. Yosemite and seen that. That really does it. and Yeah, it says you should practice yes. it. And it is like a muscle. Oh, good. And that you should train yourself to notice boundlessness and reduce your sense of entitlement in doing so. You lower your narcissistic tendencies and feel more connected to others. You're a puny part of something whole and unfathomable, and that's enough. One of the easiest ways to elicit this sense of smallness is visual vastness. Stare mm. out at the ocean, look up at oh. the stars witness a wave of raised fists ripple through a protesting crowd <gasps> right i'm feeling one. it right now <laughs> watch clouds find a hill with a view and climb it or yes get side by side with deep time by touching nearly two billion year old rocks in the grand canyon do you love it I love it so much. <laughs> this is like our book club. This is our, if you also loved this, then you will love our book club pick. My book club pick, uh, the, what the hell is it called? The Overstory? Yes. Thank you. It's right next to me. Yes, that's it. And it's, oh my God. Trees are the most important. Think, because everyone, I think, it's harder to see in yourself, but I think everyone has a friend that's like, woe is me, always focused on their problems, like, like kind <gasps> of your friend. Too? No, 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 okay. no, you're the opposite. I just like, have crazy things that happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, these people but I'm generally are the ones... optimistic and uh, in a good mood about it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> these okay. people I'm referring to are more like the friend who, when they call, you don't really want to answer because you know, it's going to be like, some sob story and they they always think they're the victim of the universe and it's just like typical problems that everyone Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel like those are the people who they're so self-focused that they forget like there's this whole world out there with all kinds of problems and you gotta like decenter yourself in fact that's what they talk about in the power of habit part of why aa is so effective is because it inserts this idea of a higher power or something bigger it's than you. All the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. You can yep. call it whatever you want. Call it. And what I love so love about that this concept, Suze, is it's not like we we overthink everything. We think we're like, oh my gosh, I'm in this this situation, and this is my feeling on everything, and I I have so much anxiety or stress or whatever it may be, 
and I just feel so um, like caught up in the rat race, blah, 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 all these things. Yeah. And we feel like we need to fix all that. But all we really need to do is go look at a tree. And <laughs> as when we do those things, we go to, and, and like, I know it sounds like, oh my God, I, I need to, I, I, I can't do all that. We learned in the trauma book that the brain, it, it, when it's in different states, it operates from a different like way of functioning. It can't yeah. solve the problem. The IQ is lower. You can't even come up with a problem when you're in problem mode. You go and you look at something and you oh, get perspective when yeah. you oh, take perspective. Yes. And, and that, you can do it intentionally. It. Yes. And it really does have it. this amazing effect of look and like that study shows that it has all these benefits and all those benefits help all those problems that we are like saying we're too busy to go you know camping to go deal with or whatever it may be being in awe mm-hmm. of or yeah you know, are you Hell, don't even like, i have that feeling even if i just stare at a candle flame for long mm-hmm. enough because it you know it's pretty yes. awesome you like you watch watch a certain episode thing. of like the cosmos or something on uh, uh, oh my god i watched the black hole documentary on netflix oh, should i watch Did that you see it no but it keeps coming up of like hey hey you should watch this we know you'd like it like i netflix, really liked it life. but i think most people would probably be bored because it was dry but i enjoyed it because of this it's like just that thing where they zoom out to show you like <gasps> here's the earth and then they keep going and going and going and going and going and you're like this can't be real <sighs> with the milky the way and then the because they wanted to show where this black hole was. It's not even close to the friggin' Milky Way. I don't even know how we know it exists. It's bonkers. Oh but Stephen Hawking was in it and like all it's these so crazy. fancy people. And no. then we want to... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And no, then no. there are people who still want to say that the earth is flat. <laughs> Sue's bad news bears. This is like... I t- I'm I'm totally stealing stealing what? your story here. But this is totally what? aside. I found the like one curly haired specialist in Orange County Ca- or not Orange County in Ventura County. She has links to her like YouTube. She's a flat earther. No, can't get my hair cut there. Wait, are you sure? Because that might be hilarious. I'm one hundred million percent sure. You wouldn't feel comments on the videos say stay flat. <gasps> Shut up! So, ow! Oh, it hit Stay my knee. Flat. Oh, yeah, you I right? got so excited. Yeah, I'm fine. I don't want to be that friend. <laughs> oh, now you're paranoid. <laughs> no, I would not no. be able to tolerate yes. that. You're not like right. that, Sarah. Why I know. I'm totally kidding. That? I had to make a joke, Sus. Come on. I. <sighs> yes. Back to back to the vastness of the universe. The flat earthers. I can't even. You're Apparently much nicer they... about them than I am. My mom says she runs into them all the time. You, like in Costa Rica, she says like all the time she meets people who believe this. It really this. makes me mad. And she, they're okay. like, okay, anyways. Talk about that but anyway, Take that documentary breath. does give you that sense of like, holy crap, this, the vastness right. and the mystery of it all and how oh, you should see like their chalkboards and they're like doing all these equations and stuff and trying to figure out the black hole and... What is it and why does it do what it does? And, and remember a couple years ago, this is what it's based on, when they finally got a picture of the black hole and yes, there's that female... that woman did it. 
Yeah. <laughs> she was on the team. See and how we remember those things. It was remarkable that she was there because she's so cute and like diminutive and like youthful so looking. But she is friggin' brilliant. Yes. And facilitated part of this project. Anyway, that was great. But yeah, you don't have to do some big elaborate thing to get a sense of smallness. You can do it. Just try to be intentional about it. Yeah. Uh, another thing I'm intentional about is keeping myself hydrated. Oh, my gosh, yes. Thanks to the good people at Liquid IV. They make it real easy. I have I love their new flavors. They yeah. are so good. The tangerine one, I, when I was sick and had that terrible voice a few episodes ago, still yes. kind of a little bit, this one. I swear, this has saved my life. My mom is drinking them like... Like, and she's, I don't think she's a fan of water. I don't think no, I No, she, she's not. She's not. But n- now, and I have not been able to drink, get her to drink water. Like, she'll drink right. coconut water. Now, it's kind of like having a little kid. I'm like, yeah. Mom, <laughs> we got to drink some water. She's like, no, I don't want to. So, well, that's now, why it's liquid so IV, great. Yes, I want to. Because you hydrate three to four times faster. Yes. Or I should say two to three. I shouldn't. They're going to sue me or something for inflating it. Two to three times faster, okay? It feels uh, like Than just regular water. They have great flavors. They have tons of different ones too, like oh energy God, and immune support. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because the tangerine's immune support. Yes. That's good that you did that. Right. Uh, grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code CANDY at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you 25. get 25. Oh, my gosh. I like wasn't paying attention. I'm like, oh, I need a refill. I want that. <laughs> use promo code CANDY at liquidiv.com, Sarah. Yeah. I Sometimes I go into I like know. just thinking about, you know, uh, uh, this is this is my insider tip. Because I like yeah. to give insider tips about things like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works fantastic as a base in like smoothies. Oh, that is a good you tip. You know, if you like don't want to use – because water is not – well, not as tasty and it's boring. And this one hydrates more. So I use it as a base in like – I make like a watermelon breakfast smoothie and watermelon tangerine. Oh, my God. I'm like a little mad dash I never of mint. thought of that. Yeah. Take watermelon, cut it up, freeze it. So then it becomes like ice cubes and then you yeah. use that as the ice base and then you do that with um, with just in the blender with the liquid watermelon IV flavor, flavor of one. your choice. I, I, I mix it up and I like the, the guava one with that one and the strawberry one. Oh my God. And then I toss a little bit of fresh mint in there. Oh, fresh, wow. amazing. You're welcome, everyone. You are welcome. Okay, this is something I'm mad about. This was a Smithsonian Magazine article about um, an artist, a female artist, also known as an artist, from many moons ago who lived during the time of, let's see, she was compared to, was it uh, Rembrandt, I think. Like she was alive during that time, Mm -hmm. but her art wasn't painting. It was like really elaborate... um, Scissor cutting images. Oh, cool! I'm gonna put one in the chat. I love so you can that. That's, I. That's a very um, like female, right? Which is why we're gonna be mad in a minute. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, I sent you a picture. This of is it all in the, the art that women do. Oh, I love. Right. This. So this article was saying there. It's like meticulous, beautiful, detailed cuttings and they create these elegant elaborate scenes and oh, right? that is cut 
Yeah, right? I don't even know how she did it. I don't get it. I don't even think we could do that with a laser printer. Right, because she cut she cut out like the negative space. So like the white makes the picture, but then she cuts out what isn't part of the image. I can't it's so believe wild. that. It looks so, like lace. Yes, like super detailed. I could never do it in a million. Oh years. my gosh, I have carpal tunnel just thinking about that. <laughs> she, it earned her the epithet. Uh, Scissors Minerva, after the Roman goddess of art, and uh, she was called the eighth wonder of the world. And all these, like, she was called um, the eighth wonder of. Why don't we hear about how come on? Well, I know the answer to that. I already know. You're right. I'm mad. Like Tsar Peter the Great, um, uh, Medici, and all these poets and artists visited to watch her make the incisions because it was so mesmerizing and it was compared to Rembrandt, as I said. Um, But then somebody started to say that it was like amateur and like artsy, kind of like how people crap on like crafts. Yes. And so then it started to become like a joke and then she was just relegated to the dustbin of history, really. Isn't that annoying? (sighs) It's like I, Hannah Gadsby always talks about with these white artists, you know? I wonder how many women... This is like we're just going to keep finding out. Women, people of color, basically yeah. anybody who's not a white, a white straight, straight man. man. Her name was Joanna Coerton, if you would like to look her up. Say her name. <sighs> um, but the artwork is gorgeous. Like, I hope somebody starts yeah. to celebrate her more. Yeah. Mm, man. Yeah. It is, it is, you know, sometimes I like, you know, I was just thinking about like those ABC books that we have of like ABC of women. And I feel like mm-hmm. an ABC book almost, there, it gives the idea that there's 26 of them or I don't know how many fucking letters in the alphabet, 24. Mm-hmm. 26? I think it's 26. Now I'm I hope wondering. so too. I'm now scared. I'm like, uh. Uh, yeah. So it's hard. It's so hard to like teach that. And it has to like, I don't know. Anyways, I'm just Yeah, because it can thoughts. feel reductive then too, where it's just like, then it feels like a novelty instead of just the norm, which is right. what, you know, right. we want what? is equality. Yeah. So that's annoying. And that yeah. actually, I'm also mad because I was reading an article about how um, the, believe it or not, because we're getting into birds over here even more, like the birding Love community it. has a big decision to make about the birding community. <laughs> the, I, I'd like to, Us I'd like birders. to, can we roll the tape back to when I was talking about the clown community and can we just, can we just like, uh, well, you know what this is? Well, you talked about how we've evolved over the episodes. Your, your empathy for my, uh, love of, of. Uh, uh, obscure communities, <laughs> subcultures, is growing. Subcultures <laughs> yes. is growing as you become a member of one. Yeah, what's going for on sure. in the birding community? Well, as pretty much every community is experiencing, like anybody that we celebrate from a long time ago was probably a racist asshole, and that includes Always. Audubon, who did all the beautiful drawings of the birds, and that's how you know the Audubon Society is the bird. Society, oh. like the main one. 
I need to look up but some But he was like uh, terrible about slaves and... Oh, Jesus. Well, get rid of He him. owned them and like made fun of anybody who thought they should be free. And so they're like, do we rename the society? And there were a lot yeah. of birds named after these guys too. And so what do you think? Do you think they should change Autobahn the name? society. Because all the black or ortho- ornithologists oh, are like having to be confronted with racism Yeah, no, we definitely 100% change the name, get rid of it, fucking lose it. Um, Yeah. I don't... uh, Get rid of it. I could understand why... um, And I don't... Yeah. Like a non-profit would hesitate because a lot of why people give to an organization is probably to do with name recognition. And so if you aren't the Audubon Society, then you have to constantly keep saying, formerly known as... Well, yeah. And you're going to do that until those people... Yeah. No, I I think they should. I can understand, though, why they'd be like, oh, nuts. I read a great article on... uh, uh, having weddings at... Plantations. Plantations. Yeah. And it was like... I'm looking at you, Blake Lively. Like, what the fuck are we doing having, like, like, oh, and what, it's, it's so irresponsible, I think, now of the, the, the locations themselves that hide that in their advertising and people who don't know are, you know, um. Do they hide it now? Yes. Oh. And then, like, tur- it's so fucked up. And I think that that shouldn't happen. And yeah. I don't think that we should, you know, like I live in, I grew like born and raised in Los Angeles. And when you live in a city in like LA, nothing is, not a lot of old things are preserved. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. especially in like the suburbs, they're like, oh, it's from 2000. Let's well, knock it down and build another one. Like, yeah. we, right. th- th- we are attaching ourselves to these materialistic things that Marie Kondo would definitely not say spark any joy for a lot of people and they need we need to get fucking get rid of them totally and i always say <sighs> nobody should get a statue i include mr rogers in this and he has a statue here anybody great no doesn't matter no statues allowed because yeah. we're all people and we're yeah. all flawed and there is no reason to treat certain it's people so weird in that way. And you know what? It's messed up for even the person because I'll say like it's sometimes hard to date people because they want the Sarah that they see on TV or the mm-hmm. Sarah they hear on the podcast and sometimes I'm quiet. I know Adam always says that to me. I'm really about myself. Qu- yeah. Qu- and I just like don't want to talk. And then yeah. they're like, why aren't you d- da- like, dancing? Why aren't you day. dancing and cheering? And why aren't you like entertaining me? And I'm like, this sometimes I'm just like this. And sometimes like I cry. And, I, like, <laughs> I have an entire range of emotions. Right. That and that's like such a small, I'm not even put on a pedestal like that. Imagine. Yeah. You know, right? If you're Barack Obama, or yeah, and for these people's children, and like they're connected. No, I say just like you be who, just don't don't do that. Yeah, I'm not into that. 
worship the trees. We don't need statues. Nature made them for us. Go out there. If you and people look don't go t- out and look at the goddamn trees today, we are going to be in big trouble. I swear. <laughs> I swear. It is healing. It is. It honestly is. Just go touch a tree four or five minutes and see what happens. I'll tell you what else is healing. Therapy. Definitely. And then tell them that you touched a tree and they'll be so crap. <laughs> like, so oh true. my God. Oh, therapists would go nuts for that. Yes. And if you are thinking about maybe I need therapy. No, you do. And you need to go on BetterHelp and sort it out and find a licensed counselor to help you with your stress or your relationship or sleep issues, whatever you're struggling with. You can do it from your phone, your laptop, right from your house, wherever. And so convenient and affordable. And it'll just get you on a better path. And it'll also, especially if you're like debating it, it's like a good intro to therapy situation where you see what it's all about. Yeah. Therapy light. Uh, we no want you problem. to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash brain candy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash brain candy. Let me see what else I have before I introduce mm-hmm. a guest. Oh, a guest. A guest today. Um, I swear it's only when you're around, like you, my computer... You know what it is? You're so radiant and and have so much energy coming off of you mm-hmm. that it just sucks all of my computers up. And so, so now I your have to dying? just just dip out of the screen for just a sec. Yes. Ah! Ah! Oh no, the cord won't reach. Hang on. Hang on. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm back. I'm back, people. You you didn't go all the way off, so I didn't I get like the picture just I really my wanted. You're right, because I really tried. Just my shoulder. Should have. Um. Okay. Let me see. I think I have one more thing. What if I did t- read. I did read an article about Facetune. You know how people do that. Oh my god. I've <sighs> never used Facetune. No. Um. But. Apparently, is Facetune different than filters? Because I feel no, like it's yes. the same thing. No. Facetune, you can change any part of your body and face and make your nose smaller, change the... Like Facetune is an actual app. Yes. Okay. And like, this is sort of, I guess, the standard and people okay. do this like to their bodies and their faces... Because it's it starts like oh I'll get rid of that flyway or that zit but then like you you can right. make your lips fuller right and you can like move your so right. it was saying how oh my god there's all this facetune culture where young people will like it's a cur- it's considered facetune etiquette where like if there's a group picture everyone gets to facetune themselves what oh. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! We're fucking people up. Nope. Because if you stop, only stop, did stop, yourself, stop, stop, stop doing this. Don't do this. This is bad. I right. thought it was bad. Oh my god! I'm sick. I thought it was bad <laughs> that we were doing that fake smile thing. I I cringe at what that fake smile. The, the I mean the fake laugh. The the pictures where it's like <laughs> okay in the group and they're like okay pretend fake like laugh pretend funny. like everything is ah. I'm yeah. Like, oh my god. Yes. I'm sorry. That just to me is so like I get how cute the picture is. And if there's a perp, if you're like looking to, 
you do you. But to be in that moment when I've had so many authentic laughing moments with my friends, to do that force thing and then the idea that we're all just like presenting this picture of... Ah! I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Wait, now I have to take a picture because there's a mom deer (gasps) and a A baby deer. A mom deer and a baby deer! And it's the cutest thing ever. I never see the fawns. Okay. Look, you can kind of see it. I'll post it. <gasps> oh my store. Oh my god, it's such a baby. Oh my god. <laughs> that candy. is so small. <laughs> oh. I love it. Oh, I just he doesn't don't love even the tics. know how to use his little legs. <laughs> okay, wait. So yeah, they they let each person in the picture face to themselves as like a courtesy. And then what people, are, of course, are doing then is they're going into plastic surgeons and they're saying, instead of saying, I want a nose job or I want a, a boob job, they're just saying, here's a picture. Do whatever you would need to do to make me look like that. Like they want the result. They don't know what the procedure oh is. God. And the plastic surgeons are like, well, you'd have to remove a rib or you'd have to like take your um, skull and take out bones and move them. Like that's not a thing we do. Right. Because these we apps... We can't reconstruct your actual bone structure. Your skull. This is so fucked up. And it's so sad because we all fall for it to a certain extent. I've had plastic surgery. I get Botox, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But it's such a trap. We're all chasing the wind. And then oh when you add technology to it, it seems like, okay, I can just tweak, 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 and I'll be perfect. Nope, you but won't. It's And no. it's it's a... It is chasing the wind. Yeah, because death comes for us all, people. Yep. <laughs> and you know what? This is a whole generation of people who clearly have not seen the movie Death Becomes Her. This is what need, they I need to... I have not all- either. It's <gasps> so good, right? Can we watch it together? We probably should. Soon. Because it seems like one I'd love. Oh, oh, oh. I'm <laughs> so glad that you haven't seen this. Yeah. And, you know... But I want to see it. It's not like Interstellar. <laughs> I was like waiting to bring it up. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, why does that movie apply though? I know she's dead in it, but because they're always. Oh, I mean, this won't ruin the movie. But um, I'm like, oh, I don't want to tell you. Uh, oh they God. they find the potion to live forever, like the serum to live forever, and what that does to you when you're trying to live forever. That's what we're doing. And I remember picking up that. I don't think I've seen it since I was about 12 years old. And I remember I, t- I loved it. Maybe I'm a little bit older. But I remember I, I took away the message and I loved it then and saw yeah. it multiple times whenever it was like playing on. So okay, we we'll will really it. like watching that together. I know that. So my guest today is Nancy Jo Sales who wrote Nothing Personal, My Secret Life in the Dating App Inferno. Oh, and this is the one you were telling me about. <gasps> where I realized you did the right thing by not going on dating apps anymore. Mm-mm-mm. It is sick what is happening because basically, as she describes it, technology has just made it so that men can get laid easier and like almost like see women as disposable yep. without even buying dinner or anything anymore. Yep. It's oh just, my and God, they swipe right up. on everybody to ensure that they will get laid every day. 
Ew. And the, and, it, and the risk of assault is so high and the apps are doing nothing to protect the users from really care. terrible things. And it's not good. Oh, yeah, we need to stop that. I mh. mean, what do you think people tend to think that these apps are the only way now yeah. that you're going to meet somebody? Yeah. And then I think everybody knows somebody who has met somebody who, you know, they... That's what she said, that people are always like, well, I met my partner on there, and then use that as a way to justify mm-hmm. all the terrible stuff. And I think that there's a difference between meeting the partner on there and then the expectations that maybe people have of their partner, that relationship, or I don't know, it does something. And also I feel like there's a difference between, oh, I met on like, uh, one of the more like uh, like early stage dating apps, like the the mm-hmm. the I don't know what you like call eHarmony it, the, or something. Yeah, eHarmony, Match, like those ones that are more like not the the. They seem a little more legit. Well, it's the uh, it's you know what's funny? It's almost as like the difference between. Uh, uh, slot machines and playing Texas Hold'em are both gambling. <laughs> right. Dating One's apps. Just more elaborate. Yes. Dating yeah. apps is the slot machines and, and po- Texas well, Hold'em tournaments like are match.com. The match.com ones and stuff, they, they want it to be a little more like relationship focus, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then Tinder mm-hmm. and all the right. varieties therein yeah. um, is more, it seems like it's more about hooking up. Is that right? It's the yeah. same. It's the sa- It's it's how much work do you have to get in for the put in for the payout, and you have to put very little work in for the payout. For Tinder. Yeah, for all those. Yeah. And you have to put a little bit more work in for the uh, the more I don't know like first generation um, dating sites, and so I think that it doesn't play to this because okay well we forget which is in the fucking book i mean i guarantee she's this is what she's talking about this is all just like a a playing to our reward centers in our brain yeah this is it she calls it the gamification yes the gamification they it's slot machines it's yes Mm -hmm. i got got a hit i get the good feeling that isn't on some of the older ones the first generation is what i guess i'll call them so it doesn't have that like people don't get addicted it's in the not same as addictive way. yeah right. yeah it's a shame it and i really was um admittedly ignorant to it and thought oh that sounds fun but i never was in that world so what do i know and now i feel more informed and i'm glad that you're not <sighs> indulging because that's scary to me it, they do lie things and- like join the the uh, Sierra Club or like a meetup for like yeah, Ventura County hikers people. going to oh, the dog cool. park a lot more. You know, we all t- dream about having a meet cute. Let's actually try, like, do it. Yeah. I think that's to, a like, better you know, way to do it. Start wearing something other than my pajamas when I leave the house, but you know, maybe they'll be in dress. I'm kidding. <laughs> Every now and then I get dressed. Yes. I do recommend the book though if you guys are interested. Uh, again, it's called Nothing Personal My Secret Life in the Dating App Inferno by Nancy Jo Sales. And um, we welcome her to the show. Welcome, Yay. Nancy Jo. Yay. <laughs> 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Thank you so much for coming on Brain Kitty Podcast. Nancy Joe. your book is tremendous. I hope everybody reads it. Thank you. I mean, you totally opened my eyes. I had no idea that dating apps were not ideal. And because I've been partnered for all the years that they've existed. So to me, it was just like, well, we live in a digital world. So why wouldn't you date digitally. Why was I mistaken? What would you say to somebody who thinks that? Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think well, there's I, a lot of naive no, people I, no, that are like, oh. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. And also, there's also all of the celebratory press about dating, yeah. which typically comes out of places where the editors tend to be older dudes who are the same, maybe in you know, they're in a relationship for many years, they're married, and they don't re- really know. And um, also, you know, it sounds really good. Yeah. It sounds, it's like it sounds good on a dating app. Marketing teams make it sound really good. Well, you just press a button and you get a soulmate and you live happily ever after. Yeah, it sounds like a nice sounds, idea. Yeah, like Match has all these ads, like, looking for your soulmate? Here she is. Well, guess what? Those apps are like banned in some countries because they're said to be false advertising. But um, yeah, I think the UK banned a couple of dating app ads because they said they um, claim to be based on science, the science of matching and it's just false. And so here's, here's what they really are. Here's what they really are. If you don't know, if you've never been on one Um, and I went on them, my book is about how I, as a then 49 year old woman, I'm now 56 and I don't go on them anymore. But as a 40 year old, <laughs> God help me. I don't think I know. I know. You know, 49 is also a lot different in terms of a lot of things like where your mind is and where your body is and stuff. Like I'm, you know, I've been through menopause since then. So I'm a lot wiser. Menopause is not the funnest thing in the world, especially when you're in the throes of it. But when it's done, you feel, I did anyway, and I think a lot of women I know feel like, you feel like superwoman. That's what everybody says. Yes. It's I like, can't that's wait. The payoff. <laughs> so that's, the payoff. The payoff. that's the payoff for like, for me getting white in my hair and gaining weight and doing all, you know, just looking and, and different and everything. But the payoff is you feel like yourself yeah yeah you feel like yourself like you feel like okay i'm taking back the night of me yeah because we read this article on the show about how who you are before you get your period and then after menopause is like your true self and all those fertile years you're like bonkers and it's not even you really well that's a long time to not be you i know (laughs) i know it's terrible and i think that society does that's what my book is about too it's about it's about dating apps, but it's also really, really about what it's like to be a woman. Yeah. And I don't think that my experience is so 
different from a lot of other people, although I have a different job and I'm a single, you know, like I'm in the media and I'm a different, and I'm a single mom. I think that my experience is so common because people have been, I know from statistics and studies, people have been through the same things I've been through. I've been through divorce. I've been through, um, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment in the workplace and things like that. And so, um, you bring all of this to dating, you know, you bring all of the things that have happened to you, starting with like being catcalled as a 12 year old and all those horrible things that happen. You bring all of this to the woman that you are and the self that you are. And sometimes it's not great. And we're all, and so what I always did, and I think a lot of women do is I just compartmentalized, you know, like, put that over there. Don't think about that. Don't deal with that. You know, like in Thelma and Louise, she, they, she won't drive through Texas. You know? <laughs> yeah. They have to like, they're trying to go to Mexico, but they have to like drive around Texas. That's how they get caught because, right. Because she won't go through Texas. Right. And that's me. Like with a lot of things, I was just like, okay, don't go to, don't go through Texas. So when I wrote this memoir, I examined all of that yeah. and I looked into all of that. And, and it's sort of pinned onto the story of dating up. So I'm going to answer your question, which is that because I, because I was older, um, I had dated a lot before. Like when I first went on dating apps, only really, really young people were on them when they first hit. You know, it was like really just 20-somethings, 30-somethings. Tinder only right. went up to 40 oh, wow. in, in 2013, 2014 when I went on. And I was 49 and I was like, what's going to happen if I go on this dating app and I'm 49? I don't know. So I just went on. And what happened was that I started to match with a lot of very young guys, guys in their 20s, even like very early 20s. I one time actually did go on a date with a woman. I asked to see his driver's license. (laughs) You carded him. I did. I was like, I'm not going to get arrested for this. Like, let me. That's all I need. Right. And he's like, well, I, I'm from New York City. We, we don't have to know how to drive. I was oh, like, Lord okay, mercy. like, call me in five years or not. But um, yeah, so that happened. But so I, I was going on, I was 49. Like I said, I was going through a midlife crisis that I hadn't really acknowledged or examined. Mm-hmm. I was going through menopause, which I hadn't acknowledged or examined. I had just gotten out of a bad relationship. I was heartbroken. So I went on, this sounded great, right? Well, actually I knew, I thought from the jump, it sounded kind of dangerous and weird, but I thought I'll give it a try. And what I found through a lot of dates and then dates that turned into kind of reporting, because I'm a, I'm a journalist and this was a big shift in dating that I, I really couldn't quite wrap my mind around it it happened so fast it was adopted and adapted not just in this country but all over the world so fast and um i wrote for vanity fair the first really kind of critical article about this culture because the media had been and still is to a certain extent talking about oh you know like the new york times loves to put tinder marriages in their vows section and but the data does not bear out that these things are leading to marriage because the business model is about engagement and use and having you just use them 
and not and getting you addicted to them and not necessarily pairing you up with some with your soulmate long term. And what I also found is that there's a lot of harassment on them because um, there's no filter. So there's a lot of there's a lot of harassment. There's a lot of dick pics. Um, you know, you're so lucky that you were not in dating for that because, you know, women have sort of been conditioned to laugh them off. Like we're conditioned to laugh off so yeah. many things, but like the, I write in the book about the first time I got a dick pic and the, the first time you get it before you start learning how to laugh it off, it really feels so weird and horrible, unsolicited, unsolicited. It, right. feels, it just feels like, Oh, like, like there's something really assaultive about it. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm not somebody who's like a prude or anything. I mean, if you read the book, you'll see, like I've dated a lot, but getting just, getting that image just sent to you without you knowing the person very well or even asking for it is so there's statistically a lot of women deal with that deal with the harassing messages there's a lot of uh there's been studies now that we know there's a lot of sexual assault and rape on these um apps and that happened to me too uh i was not raped but i was sexually assaulted meaning grabbed or you know non-consensually touched and stuff more than once. And um, I think, you know, some of your viewers or listeners are going to say, oh, but my friend got married Mm -hmm. on Tinder. Oh, but my friend got married. They met on OkCupid. Yeah. And what I would say to that is like a broken clock is right twice a day. Like it does happen. But I think that the real problem, the that's not talked about enough is the harm that's coming to people. The algorithms are also very biased towards people's looks, towards people's race. Like if you swipe on white people, you're likely to get more white people, right? you know, and, and they bias people against different, you know, people, races of color in terms of like popularity. It's just terrible. And, um, LGBTQ people also have a lot of complaints. So I just was appalled by all this, you know, I was appalled and I started writing about it. Tinder attacked me in a very public way. They, uh, Did that surprise you? Yes. Yeah. I was so shocked. I was out to dinner with my friends and, uh, you know, I did this piece in Vanity Fair, like I said, 2015, really just interviewing users. Every, all this press right. has been like, these things are great, you know, and, and the guys who make them are so smart. They're right. disrupting dating and not, not even, t- there had already been a Tinder murder and that wasn't even in, right off in, in uh, Australia. There was already a Tinder murder, a Tinder date that ended in murder. And nobody was talking about that in all these articles. And so I did a piece where users, men and women said things like, Tinder sucks because of the dehumanization, not just Tinder, but of dating apps in general, the commodification, you're an object, it's anonymous. It's like, it's impossible to know this person or get to know them. So they attacked me one night on Twitter. I was out to dinner with my friends and one of my friends is one of those people who's just always on her phone, always <laughs> on her phone. And she said, you're being attacked. You're, you're, you're trending on Twitter. Oh my God. That's never good. That's 
never good. That's not good. Right. I was like, why? Because yeah. I didn't even think, like, why would they even notice or say anything about it, you know? Yeah. Tinder is really mad at you for your article. And they, t- <laughs> they tweeted at me more than 30 times. And just, it was crazy. It was really, really crazy. They were so mad because they had been used to being told how great they were. And, um, yeah, so I just, uh, one of the things that was was uh really weird was they their their tweet storm it was called tweet storm it sparked these articles that said such things about me it's like in places like slate and salon well actually the washington post did one too and said she's just naive she's just old she doesn't know anything about this meanwhile i was like addicted right (laughs) i was addicted to it and I was going on these dates with all these young guys because it's designed to be addictive. I'm going through this midlife crisis, you know, like some really cute 25 year old guys like want to get a beer. I'm like, sure. <laughs> I didn't, you know, well, I mean, for people that aren't on them, they can probably see why a guy would want to be a part of this, but they might not be sure why, why women would put up with it if it's so bad. And you kind of argue in the book that it's this, well, of course the gamification of, apps but then also thank you for saying that word yes (laughs) also the um you know rape culture and our conditioning to think this is just how life is and we're just so used to it that we're almost attracted to it is that what you would say yes Mm -hmm. yes and I go into that like one of this I've been really lucky I got a lot of really great reviews and responses especially from young women who interviewed me and they've been through it and like the good you can really it's almost like you can almost tell if the review on the goodreads or the amazon is written by someone in their 20s or 30s or right. something you know, 40s 50s and i'm not i'm not shaming or blaming old, older women for not understanding this i just hope they read my book and try and not and believe judge. you yeah yeah and well i have so much data backing it up too yeah. aside from my own experience and and interviews but also try not to judge because if you judge then you're judging your daughters and you're judging your perhaps and you're you're judging your daughter's generation and your young younger women friends and maybe some older too like there's a woman in the book who I talk about who I call Constance she's in her 60s because you know people get divorced they go out into the dating world and this stuff has overwhelmed the landscape Mm. and um it's really like people say there's no other way to date and I see it as a kind of corporate takeover and a capitalistic takeover of Mm -hmm. intimacy which is really a problem because our intimacy is now being mediated by by tech bros, and it's 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 troubling. So, yeah, try not to judge because um, it's it's not like we're all just these stupid gals who don't know how to get a man. You know, it's like I'm not saying that all women who are older think that when they hear about this stuff, but I have had a a, a fair bit of that from some of the responses that I've gotten from older married ladies, not my friends or not people that, um, you know, like know me and get me yeah, and not the younger women. But the, sometimes it's just like, I think women, women are conditioned to be attracted to, unfortunately, you know, things that undermine their power, mm-hmm. which I talk about in the book. I'd really try and talk about my own internalized stuff and my own internalized misogyny. And I'm putting myself up 
to talk yeah. about that. But why did you actually, do that? Weren't you scared? Well, I'm, I'm actually, it's so clear, I think, if you read the book, that I'm putting myself up so that we examine this stuff. But I also do it in a comical way and a humorous way. And I think that's pretty clear that I'm aware of that. But there have been some reviews that don't give me that validation to say, like, she knows what she's talking about. They're just like, oh, my God, so dumb. Just so <laughs> dumb. What was she thinking? Like, it's about that. It's about that. It's about, like, what was I thinking? Like, I know that. Like, hello, I know that. So, um, and, yeah, I think women are conditioned to be all kinds of things that I don't want to be anymore, you know? And, and one of them is mean and judgmental of other women. I don't I, I, I always balked at that. And I, I've, I've always had a problem about that kind of discourse where comparing comparing yourself to another and, Women are taught, I think, also, unfortunately, to think that their value is based on their ability to have and maintain a relationship with a man. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had a lot of opportunities to have relationships with men, and I usually exit stage left at some point because, like, they're not contributing as equal partners, and if you got one is good, that's fantastic. But a lot of us out here have gotten the guy who's like never doing as much childcare, never doing as much housework, never helping the kids with the schoolwork. In pandemic, we've seen this is a huge problem, inequality of labor in the households. And I've actually written about that too. And also, you know, like in the bedroom too, this is what I try and talk about too in the book because no one wants to talk about it. It's like, there's inequality in the bedroom mm-hmm. and, and still in 2021, there's not the same attention spent on your needs as his. And I've given a lot of blowjobs and not given, not gotten back what, what yeah. I want for that. Right. But, fair is fair. And, yeah. <laughs> and I don't all, and sometimes you, you know, you can ask, but you shouldn't have to ask, mm-hmm. but okay. You do ask. And then it just, sometimes feels like kind of like, okay, you're doing this bad just so I'll tell you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was something you said in the book, how like it almost feels like a performance of ineptitude where they're just like, I just don't know how to do it. So you just I wish I had used that phrase. <laughs> Have you written a book yet? That's a fantastic phrase. I'll write it, I'll write it down. I'll oh my it. God. A performance of ineptitude. No, I'm not kidding. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And it's, that's a great phrase. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. <laughs> yeah. So um, that was pretty much what it was. And so, yeah, it's funny. It's comical. I'm putting myself up to laugh at because I want it not to be so terrible. Right. I also want especially women, especially young women, to know they're not alone. And that's the thing that I, I like the best is when I hear that from young women. And I hear it so much, like, thank you for not, I think one of my- Oh my gosh, that was one of my favorite things in the book was when you went up to those gals at the mall 
And they, it just spilled out of them, the, their testimony about what they experienced and how you said it's like they were reporting a crime and they often were. <gasps> it's intense. Yes, so much for, for remembering that. Yeah, that was when I was interviewing on Teenage Girls. This whole thing, this whole period of my life, it's about five years, mm-hmm. took place. I don't even know how I did it. <laughs> because... <laughs> Like, just desperation, really. Like, you think, like, oh, she's a Vanity Fair writer. And, like, she made a documentary film for HBO. She must be rich. Not ever. Like, like, never. And I was always paid less than the guys, for one thing. But also, we're in a gig economy now. Mm -hmm. And Vanity Fair and all the Condé Nest magazines took us off regular salary in 2009. Wow. So for more than 10 years, I've been living... Like, I don't get, I don't have a salary. Wow. I'm a writer there, but I don't have a salary. And I'm a single parent with a kid at NYU. So like, Fuck. you know, like the emoji of like the head exploding. <laughs> yeah. So, so the re- that's why I'm saying I did all these things. I did all these things because I needed money. So I, I, and also I'm very passionate about this material, of course. So I was, I wrote a book in these five years. I was writing a book called American Girls, Social Media and the Secret Lives of Teenagers. And I was making a documentary film called Swiped, Hooking Up in the Digital Age. That happened in all this time. Plus, I was writing lots of articles and stuff because I had to also make money. Right. Because well, you get the advance, but then you, like, spend it on living and you have to make more money. Anyway, they didn't pay, HBO didn't pay me hardly anything to make that movie anyway. Like, it's still on HBO, it's still on Amazon, and I love the movie. It's, like, my favorite thing I've ever done. Please watch it. It's called Swiped. I don't get any money from Amazon for it either. They hardly paid me anything. I mostly, like, funded it. So, anyway, I was was reporting American Girls. I was in Boca Raton, because I went all over the country. I went to 10 states. I interviewed hundreds of girls all over the country. This was about social media. But they were telling me about dating, too. Yeah. And they were telling me about what it's like to be like a 13 year old trying to date and having a boy say, send nudes. I can't even. Yes. Mm-mm. It was like made my blood boil that yeah. these young, young girls had to deal with essentially harassment and the way that everything has changed because mm-hmm. of the internet, because of social media and nobody was talking about it. Nobody was writing about it. And it seemed so, and no one was giving them the space to talk about it. So mm-hmm. I went up to these girls in a mall in Boca Raton and I said, Hey, um, can I talk to you guys about social media? And they were like, yes. And <laughs> they were 13. <laughs> Some of them were, Boca Raton is kind of an affluent community. I, I talked to rich girls, poor girls, girls of all races, sexual orientations, everything. And they, they, we sat down on this couch, like in one of those islands in the mall. Yeah. And they were just like, and then blah, 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 blah. And then blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it was really, and they were talking about things like, harassment, sexualization, dick pics, all this kind of stuff that, and and also like the toxic comparison that comes up. And, um, but they were talking about things that were, they were talking about like they were reporting a crime. Like, I've got to tell you this. I've got to tell somebody this, what happened to me. And some of it is crimes. And some of it is crimes that happens on dating apps, like actual crimes that we have been told to just be like, Oh, well, you know, if you're a cool girl, you're not going to mind that somebody, like, threatened to rape you and sent you a dick pic. Oh, well, that's just dating. 
Like, really? That's dating? Then it it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people don't want to date and are just like opting out of the whole thing. But it's their voices are so dwarfed by those tech bros and the publicists and all of these people who are like, look at how great and shiny this whole system is. And they're like, but we don't want the dick pics. And nobody cares. I'm so happy to talk to you. It's like. So happy to talk to you too. I'm so happy. You are so, you're so like with it and cool. (laughs) Well, not, apparently not because I thought dating apps were just fine until I read your book. Because you were uninformed, but you're like, you're, you're, I'm not just saying this because you apparently read and liked my book. (laughs) I'm saying it because you're kind of. Like you're so cool. Like it's because you're you're connecting to the actual themes of the book that affect all women, and I whether or not you're on them. Right. What I'm trying to say in this book, and and here is that this really even if you don't know about it, this affects everybody. Yeah. This affects your children who might be on it. This affects your friends who might be on it. This affects our whole society because it affects men badly too. Yeah. It you say offers- that. Uh, millennial men are more sexist than boomer men. Is yep. that right? Isn't that crazy? I can't believe, I mean, I can believe it, but that shocked me. Right. Well, yeah. I think it's because I, I would argue that it's because of this technology Yeah. and it's because of the, the access that they have. And I've talked to a lot of people and experts about it too, like evolutionary biologists and research scientists at Kinsey Institute. The book has a lot of interviews with like experts talk about this stuff. But my, I would argue that this technology, they talk about like, why are millennials, there's all these articles about why are millennial men more sexist? Why do they, how can they have these sexist views when they should be more progressive? Because feminism is supposed to progress us all towards a more feminist, like understanding of the world. Right. But they are. And I saw that on dating apps. I saw when I would talk to these young men, because I started sort of going on dates, but also reporting and trying to find out who they were and what their generation was all about. They would say and do these things that I was just like, what? That's so sexist. And they didn't even think of themselves that way. They thought of themselves a lot of times as very woke. And they would even put in their profiles on their dating apps like feminist. But then it would say like ethically monogamous. Oh, Lord. What? Like, that's <laughs> like, you know, ethic. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I fucked up the joke. Ethically non monogamous. Ethically non monogamous. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, it's like, okay, just let that sink in. Oh my God. So, I, so I, um, I would argue that this technology is causing them to feel entitled. Uh, uh, it, it it normalizes these things. Like a guy, okay, so say you're just a typical guy. Technology, as I understand it from the reading that I've done and people I've interviewed, it doesn't just change what you do. It changes how you think. Mm-hmm. Like behavior, it gets you to engage in certain behaviors. And by engaging in those behaviors, it changes your attitudes. And this is all, the model is also that you will like buy more stuff and yeah. spend more time and give more data. But for example, just as one example, tin, Tinder invented the swipe, you know, it's like, and it, so a guy who, who might not necessarily be that sexist goes on there and starts swiping. Yes, no, yes, no. Well, mostly they all say yes. 
because it's a numbers game and they're trying to get more potential matches that they can have sex with. But just that act, just con- just accepting that that's okay to do mm-hmm. creates this idea, makes you more objectifying of women because you're thinking like, I have the power to say yes or no, yes or no, hot or not, hot or not. And I think if you are really, and yes, it's true that women swipe on men too, but we all know that there's much more emphasis, well, it's called the male gaze in feminism. You know, there's much more emphasis placed on the idea that men have the right to judge women's appearances and bodies and all this kind of stuff. So I think if you were really a feminist guy, you would say, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think that that's the way to treat women by putting my finger on their face and decide whether or not I want to sleep with them. And I think maybe you might conclude, well, then they just want to hook up, but you sort of argue that not only do they want to hook up, but they want someone to care about them and nurture them and listen to them talk about their day. So they want everything except the commitment. Is that right? Yeah. 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 My friend uh, in the book, I call her Abigail. She's a young woman in her twenties. She has a different name in real life. She just texted me while we we're talking, by the way, but she, <laughs> when I thought of her, she calls it. I love this phrase. She calls it being a device wife. Yes. The device wife. It's such, um, my young friends are so funny about all this. <laughs> she calls it the device wife. And that's the guy who doesn't necessarily want to have a relationship with you. You may not, you may have had sex with him or you may not even ever have met him. This has happened to me, Mm -hmm. happened to me as somebody that I hadn't even met yet, but they want to text you all the time. There's also guys that like never text back and that makes you nuts because they're playing this power game where it's like, can you just let me know if we're meeting in two hours or not? (laughs) Right. right, right. It's not hard. I know you saw the text. (laughs) This is the guy who will be like. Hey, sweetheart. Like he wants to text you all day and tell you everything he's doing. He'll say like, hey, sweetheart, um, I'm thinking of having Vietnamese for lunch. Oh, sweetheart. Or or something like, you know, I'm like a single mom. Like I have shit to do. Like I'm I'm trying to survive out here. (laughs) Like I really don't care. He's Mm -hmm. like, what do you think of these shoes or something? Oh, God. And I just be like. You know, I mean, the, the other thing is, you know, that's, I know married people, people in relationships. I used to be in relationships when I had a phone. That's what you do. You like check in all day. You see how the right. other person is doing, but you're in a relationship, right? That's why you get to do that. Mm-hmm. That's why you get to ask for my labor. Right. But I think men still, even in relationships, ask for too much and don't give enough back. But that's been my experience. But these are guys who like have no intention of doing anything with you, except perhaps maybe like getting drunk and having sex, but they still want you to be like Scarlett Johansson, the voice of Scarlett Johansson in the movie, her and be like, you're so wonderful. Oh God. I, I miss you. You know, like, <laughs> oh my God, what, okay, okay, what's, what's the solution, man? What, what can we hope for? If I could turn back. <laughs> to him. No, but <laughs> it's just but that's not even it because it wasn't great before but it's worse now that's really the truth it is worse now i love a young man read my book 
Except, of course, do writers look at their reviews? Of course we do. That's why people <laughs> be mean. It's so mean. If you're going to be mean, just don't say anything. Like, we're trying to live out here. But this young, this young man um, wrote a review, and he said he was a young man, and he's the only man so far who's written a review on my Goodreads. And something that, like, really struck me, he, he said, you know, it's crazy but true to think that dating really is like Dante's Inferno now. It really feels that bad. Like, if wow. you read the Inferno and he goes and he sees all of this, these terrible things happening to people, being tortured. Well, I think a lot of dating now feels kind of like torture. It certainly mm-hmm. feels exhausting to a lot of women. And that's what I hear over and over again, this word exhausting. Um, the swiping, the talking to strangers, the labor that you have to do with the guy who wants you to be the device wife, just the, the, mm-hmm. just going through messages. It's, it feels like labor and it is because it's free labor for other, for the companies. And, you, and sometimes you pay to be a worker, sometimes because you've paid for a subscription. But um, yeah, it's like, what would be the circles of hell in Dante's Inferno? It would be like, well, one would be the device wife. You'd like, you go into the Inferno and you just see all these women being like, you are great emoji. You know, <laughs> right. like, I'm so glad to hear from you. And then, and then there would be the circle where, you know, you, the circle where you go on a date and the person comes and they look nothing like their profile. <laughs> How frequently does that happen? Um, almost every single time. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Men too. Men do that too. I mean, of course, women do that, but men do that too. I mean, we all do it because we're trying to look better than what we really look like. No, I once had a guy show up and he had vampire ears. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> right. He took off his hat. He had like a scully on in the picture. I was like, oh, he's cute. And then he came, sat down. It was like kind of hot in the place. He took off his hat and he had like these little points on his ears. And I was like, wow. And he said, yeah. He's like, I grew up in. Portland or wherever it was and uh you know uh my girlfriend in high school was really into twilight no yes very indulgent parents very indulgent parents do you think he enjoyed the shock of like he took like when he would meet up with people to take the hat off and then reveal it or it was just like no big whoop to him well you know my my friend who's a gay guy says like gay guys will just be like nope and just like get up and leave <laughs> We need to do that. <laughs> but, you know, talk about conditioning. You're conditioned as a woman to not want to hurt anyone's yeah. feelings. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I also want to take care of myself now yeah. more than I ever did. But you're conditioned to please people and not – I was really conditioned to please people and not and, – and to make everything okay. So I wanted to say, like, like, like a lot of things, but instead I was just like, oh – like another drink you know like I don't even know I I mean I I I blocked it out a lot of this I block out because it's schematic it's like I have a lot of blocks for to write the memoir no I did because like I I downloaded a friend of mine oh my god okay so this friend of mine's really good at tech and he I was like I want to see all my old texts is there any way to get my old old texts for this book I'm writing I need to see what these guys said to me, because I was just like, delete it, delete yeah. it. I don't want to see it anymore. And there's this program that gets all of your texts out of the cloud. And he got it for me and he downloaded all these texts. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, 
I can't even believe it. I feel like I have regrets. Well, I regret that I ever submitted myself to that. Yeah. You know? What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Well, what's the advice, though, to folks who want to meet someone but, like, don't know how to do it otherwise? So, like, I I get I get asked these questions a lot. You know, I'm a like a storyteller. Like, I tell the story, I tell my experience, and I hope that people take comfort from it and 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 feel like they're not alone and get illuminated about what's going on out there. Um, I told the story. I've already already been contacted, actually. This book has been out two days, two, three days. I've already been contacted by this. Um, I can't say who it is, but I mean, I was very shocked. This very big investor in tech who reached out to me on LinkedIn and he said, hey, I read, I read your book and I invest in dating apps and now I'm really disturbed and concerned. Hmm. I did not know any of this was going on. This is a guy who gives these people money to do their... Wow. He says, I, I really didn't know any... He claims that he didn't know any of this was going on. And I want to talk to you. I want to talk to them about how to fix this. And I want to talk to you about how you think we can fix it. Well, and uh, I mean, of course, I'm going to talk to him. But I'm not a tech person. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I do think that there are good people out there who are trying to make, they do know this is going on and they're trying to make new kinds of dating apps that will be different and will protect users more. I get reached out by them too. And uh, they say to me, we want to make a feminist dating app and we want to do this and do that. Bumble says it's a feminist dating app, but it's not just read the book. You'll see why, but um, that's a lie. That's marketing. But, and I believe that they are sincere. However, I wonder what, I wonder how like certain things about all this are ever going to be fixable, like the problem of the male gaze. And then, so then where you go from that and then the problem of objectification, just for starters, not to mention like the problem of meeting with strangers you don't know and sexual assault could happen. So I really, you know, this is like really like micro to hugely macro, but I, I like, like, how do we make a dating app that works to like, how do we fix society? Mm-hmm. Because really the underlying problems are the real problems. Yeah. And, and the systemic misogyny, you weren't even allowed to say those words a few years ago. Like everyone would be like, Oh, right. just so extreme. But you know, I think now we have the vocabulary. We're in a really, really powerful feminist wave of, of my lifetime. Like mm-hmm. most opening up of dialogue about these, this stuff. And we can say things like systemic misogyny and not have people think that we're being, you know, ridiculous. So this exists. We all agree it exists. And that's really what we have to fix. And I know that's like a long term process, but just in terms of like telling your daughters and your Mm -hmm. friends about 
the dangers. I do that. My daughter has never, and I'm not, I'm also not trying to compare and be like, I'm a better mom than you are. Cause my daughter would never go on a dating app. Like, I'm not trying to say that either. Like I, I hate it when women do that, but I do. She's been in this house with me doing this work and she lives with me and you know, cause she goes to college just a few blocks away. And she, she, um, she's been listening to me, you know, talk to people on the phone and she saw me make my movie on this dining room table. And, and she, um, she hears, she hears it. She hears what the, she says it's useful. Someone actually interviewed her because she wandered through, I was doing a podcast or something and she wandered through here and they said, well, I want to talk to her. And, and they said, what's it like having a mom who reports on all this stuff? And she said, it's useful. It is useful. I can imagine. Yeah. To protect herself. Yeah. From, from harm. That's mm-hmm. really what I'm about. And, and, uh, I just think the information is useful and the, it's, it's really up to the, to the tech people to fix yeah. it. Cause I'm not a tech person. I don't know how to fix it, but um, how can you meet people? Well, how did we do it before? Yeah. Like somehow you met somebody, mm-hmm. like somehow we figured out if it's a man that you want, and I'm not really sure I want one anymore, but if it is, <laughs> if it's a man that you want, they're out there. Like, you know, like the X-Files, yeah. the man is out there. Like you yes. can find him. You, like, and I think it's not really as hard as these companies would want us to think. They would rather us think it's impossible because right. that way we're in their thrall. We yeah. can't get away from their products. They want but, us to believe that we need them. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. This might be a good, um, are we about done? Oh, yeah. No? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll tell you, this might be a good place to end because it's kind of like a, a more uplifting kind of anecdote and it does involve meeting and this is about a man so in my tinder article for vanity fair 2015 it was called tinder and the dawn of the dating apocalypse dating apocalypse was a quote from some young woman who described it that way he was what i called the tinder king he was having sex with a different woman every night this was 2014 15 when tinder was like really take just taken off and people were like obsessed with it it's designed to be addictive he was having he was a very good looking kid from like wall street and he texted me because we became kind of friends. Like, you know, you become friends with your sources. I, I didn't like think that everything he was doing on Tinder was so great, but he was, it's not their fault. Like that's what they're given. Those are the mm-hmm. things that they So it was the alcohol, the Coke, the sex addiction, the dating app addiction, which is a thing now. And he texts, it, it became too much. And he texted me and he said, uh, what do you do if you feel like you're going to kill yourself? Mm. And I told him to go to the emergency room and one thing led to another. He went into the rehab, he went into therapy and his therapist told him that he needed to get a hobby. So then he would have a hobby where he could meet people and have social situations that were not involved with dating apps. Yes. So I'm not saying everyone has to do this, but this is what he did. He took up swing dancing Okay. Yes. That's cool. And he became part of the swing dance community. And he's now, yes. No, I think it's fun. Like I've seen the videos. It's like, it's so super fun. Yeah. And he met somebody that way. That's so good. Now for, I think three years and they swing dance together. (sighs) So like everybody's not going to swing dance, but maybe you play chess. Maybe you like to ski. Maybe you sing. Maybe you 
go, you know, I don't know what you do, but you mm-hmm. do something that's, yeah. or you should do something that isn't just staying in your, well, quarantine, it's COVID. See my book, I had to rewrite my entire book because of COVID because I what COVID is that these companies just capitalized on the fact that everyone was stuck Home in the house, yeah. unable to get out and date. But, you know, thank God now we have these vaccines. More people are getting out. And um, hopefully people are going to be able to meet each other again in more natural, holistic ways, yeah. I, I hope. Because I guess hope. what? It's, you may say it's impossible, I can't do it. But if it is a relationship you want, statistically, and studies say, and data says, you're more likely to have a long-term relationship with someone you meet in real life than on a dating app. Yeah. And maybe this, you know, the vaccine and all that, it can be a fresh start for people. They can meet out in the real world rather than on their I phones. hope so. I hope so. I'm, I missed, when I was on these things, I missed, and I, I want people to, to know the magic of chemistry and the mystery of connection that yeah. is, I think, ordained by something much bigger. Mm. And I think that, you know, I don't mean to be all like, like that about it, but I do, I do. I think that that's one of the problems with this technology is it's like playing God when we already got a God. <laughs> right. Seats taken. <laughs> so well, funny. I'm just so grateful that you wrote the book and that you're participating in this conversation um, and inspiring other people to have a dialogue about all of it. And I think it makes such a huge difference. I hope everybody reads Nothing Personal. Congratulations to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love talking to you. You're great. You I'm going to Pittsburgh to visit you. Oh my gosh, I yes. Stop. I won't like, stalk you or anything. <laughs> Let's frolic. <laughs> Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.